all, welcome to our daily show. And if it's your first time joining us on a Tuesday, together with me is Loham. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Suze, how are you? You're in Singapore, so it's middle of the night, right? How are you doing? That's right. I'm great. And it's great to see you again. It almost feels like forever, even though that was just last week, right? That's true. But, you know, a lot happened during the week. And, and one thing I noticed that happened is that you have now a Copenhagen poster next to you. And last week it was different, right? Yes, last week was actually Paris, and that was a good catch. You, you are really very sharp, Long. So um, what announcements do you have for us today? Absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, let me tell you that Copenhagen is very dear to my heart because that was the last stop of Microsoft Ignite the tour last year. So that was the last in-person conference that we did. And uh, then everything went, you know, remote. And so that's why we are here now with everyone. But uh, really, a lot of things happened uh, last week. And one thing which is uh, very interesting and very important is the general availability of Azure functions for .NET 5. And so that's a, that's a big deal. So if you're in the .NET world like me, and I've been in .NET, uh, I don't know, I think I started in 2001. So it's like 20 years ago, right? Um, I'm still very excited about new versions of .NET. And .NET 5 is a new generation of .NET. It's cross-platform. It's lightweight. Uh, it's also very fast. And so having the possibility to use that in Azure function in general availability is really great. But that said, if you want to stick with .NET Core 3.1, uh, you can absolutely do that. And so you don't have to upgrade uh, at all costs. And so if people are interested, there is an announcement. It's aka.ms slash hello world slash Azure dash functions dash .NET 5. And so people right. get, uh, can get everything there. So what do you have for us, Suze? Nice. Um, I'm actually looking forward to see the improved version too as well, Lohong. Um, so now taking flight to Asia, data scientists in Malaysia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Korea, Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, and Sri Lanka can now take an all-rounded AI 900 certification training. So that's the um, AI fundamentals. So mm -hmm. the Microsoft Azure Women in AI program is actually made available to 500 women data scientists complimentary. So with just $15 USD exam fee, um, and that will be reimbursed back to you once you successfully pass it. So great stuff. So um, if you know my friends in Asia, if you're interested, do check out the link below. It's aka.ms women in AI program. Yeah, that's also not exciting and, and, and a good deal, right? I mean, if you pass, mm -hmm. you get reimbursed. This is great. Yes, that's right. And also not forget, um, not forgetting Ignite China happening 18 and 19 of March. That's um, this week in just a couple of days. Um, if you're interested in the tech space in China and you understand Mandarin, do remember to register at aka.ms Ignite China 21. Absolutely. And today we have a very exciting show. Uh, we have the OSS Spotlight. So like every week, Aaron is going to join us. And I think he's going to talk to us about dogs or something. So we'll, we'll see what it is about. Uh, then after that, we welcome Christina Warren back with This Week in Channel 9. Christina came uh, with us the, the first time last week. And now she's back. This is awesome. Uh, this is a very fast-paced segment. So be sure to pay attention. Uh, we have an audience favorite, which is uh, Audience Challenge with Jeremiah. And uh, we'll see what Jeremiah is going to tell us. Usually, it's some crazy stories, so it should be interesting. And also very exciting, we are welcoming Kendra today. And she's a new host on the show. Uh, she's actually replacing Burke. But uh, something tells me that if we like Kendra, we might see her more often. And she's going to show us some TikTok videos. So that should be really cool. 
Okay, sounds like we're going to have a blast now. Um, just a quick reminder, um, we do actually have a Hello World feedback um, feature. So you can actually find it on the aka.ms Hello um, World site. So all episodes can also be found um, in the site, on, its, on the site itself. And you can subscribe um, if you like our show. Do hit on the subscribe button. And if you're actually watching live, do remember to say hi on the chat. So give us your comments and we'll be happy to sort of like interact with you. Yeah. Absolutely, this is really cool. And so now we have, uh, you are going to talk with Aaron Wieslang, and this is for the open source project of the week, OSS Spotlight. Hi, Aaron, welcome Hi, back. Sis. What are you bringing us today? Today I'll be talking about Canines, which is an open source project for managing your Kubernetes clusters. Uh, it's written in Go, and it's developed by somebody called Fernand Galliana, who's a fantastic open source developer. And he goes by Derailed on GitHub, and on Twitter, he is Kitesurfer. Right. Um, so would you be able to share more on, do you have like a presentation or a slide that you will be able to share more um, with us? Yes, fantastic. Yeah, they'll be popping up shortly. So this is a, this is Canines. This is a, you, as you can see, the logo is a dog. This is a play on the name K8S. So this is K9S. Uh, K8S is short for Kubernetes, K followed by eight letters and then followed by S. And then uh, Canines is a play on that, which looks like a dog. So you can see the Kubernetes logos there. Uh, this is a terminal UI for managing Kubernetes clusters. Uh, this is something you can run across any machine, uh, Mac, Windows, Linux, a terminal up in the cloud. And it really helps your developer uh, workflow from, it makes everything much, much faster than using a CLI by itself, and also faster than using a lot of different tools. So it allows you to manage everything inside Kubernetes from pods, deployments, services, ingresses. When you deploy something to your Kubernetes cluster, it lets you hop into it and uh, check out the logs, do all sorts of um, debugging and introspecting of the cluster itself. And it even lets you do load testing, such as it'll integrate with something called Hay, which is another open source Go project uh, that will send load to the services inside of your Kubernetes cluster in order to load test them and then see how they perform and, and so on and so forth. So it's a really fantastic tool. Uh, it's open source, community managed. Uh, it's also uh, a GitHub sponsors project, so you can go and sponsor Fernand's project as well. Uh, he does another project called uh, Pop uh, Popeye CLI as well, which also helps with Kubernetes clusters from a security perspective. Right. Um, I must really comment that the logo is really, really cute. I, I love it so much. Um, so tell me, what exactly is a terminal UI actually? So a terminal UI, so a lot of us might be familiar with CLI tools, such as the Azure CLI or in Kubernetes land, the kubectl or kubectl, or some people call it kubectl, uh, mm. which we usually use. And this is usually a program that you run from the CL, run from the command line interface, pass in various flags and so forth that you often have to remember, and then you get some output. Well, a terminal UI is something that brings something like a graphical user interface inside of your terminal. So you can see things interactively. You don't have to remember different flags and things you can uh, look at various resources, create them, delete them, uh, interact and visualize. And with canines, you can visualize everything inside of your Kubernetes cluster, for example. So it's very powerful right. in that regard, and it reduces the cognitive load for developers. Terminal UIs have been around a long time. Uh, people might be familiar with something called Norton Commander from back way back in the day, sort of 1986 or something like that, if you've been working with these things for a very long time, but they're making um, quite a comeback these days for people with very efficient developer workflows. 
Right. And you actually mentioned that K9 is written in Go. So I see that there are many cloud-native tools written in Go. Go. So what, what exactly is an advantage of using a tool like this? So the fact that Canines is written in Go means it's very easy to distribute. People can download it as a single binary. It runs on Mac, Windows, and Linux. Uh, and it also has access to all of the wonderful APIs inside of the cloud-native ecosystem. Kubernetes itself is written in Go. Docker is written in Go. Uh, and it's also very easy for people to hack on. So if you find a bug or something in Canines, you can go along and submit a pull request, and you'll see it probably merged. Cool. That's and if I want to really get started on this, how do I actually, what's the quickest way for me to get started? I've put the links to Canines, the GitHub repository, and quite a few uh, different resources, as well as a demo that I've put together uh, at aka.ms slash hello-oss. So you can go there, take a look at the different options, have a look at the GitHub, have a look at the download links, um, and then you can actually have a look at the demo as well and see different resources as well. And I'm always happy to help if anybody's uh, trying it out. Nice. Thanks for educating us, Aaron. That was really informative. Let's have Lohang back um, on again. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much. It was really interesting. And uh, I was uh, just taking this time to take a, a little look in the chat and our um, fabulous Wendy. Thank you so much, Wendy, for running the chat. So again, if you're out there and you want to say hi on the chat, don't hesitate. She will be uh, happy to answer questions. And also, we can take your questions if you have some. I see she put a mood barometer. And very interesting, 50% of people are between six and eight, which means we can do a better job at like energizing them. But there are also 50% who are dialing it up to 11. And this is a great reference to a movie that I love. So now we will, we will definitely dial it up to 11 because we are going to go to This Week in Channel 9. And we have the amazing Christina Warren who is going to share her news. Hey, Christina, what's up? Hey, Laurent, thanks so much for having me. So excited to be back and uh, to share what's happening with the latest developer news. So this week on Channel 9, if you're not familiar, is a show where I go through the latest things happening in the developer space. I also wear fun shirts. This week, my shirt is Taylor Swift because she uh, won her third album of the year uh, you know, Grammy. So let's get into the news. The first thing I wanna talk about, there is a one-click update mitigation tool for users of Microsoft Exchange. There was an Exchange vulnerability that took place uh, a couple of weeks ago, kind of a security thing. So if you've got um, Exchange running and you don't have a full-time person on your staff who can be an admin and take care of those patches for you, the security research response team, they basically put together a one-click tool which will install the latest uh, version of um, uh, latest patches and also run a security scanner. Also, if you don't have somebody on staff running Exchange, I would kind of recommend maybe maybe look at having it hosted elsewhere. That's just my advice. All right, moving on to the next uh, topic. Um, for some software updates, first things first, this is .NET uh, 6 Preview 2. At the top of the show, Laurent was talking about .NET uh, version 5. Version 6, you know, it doesn't stop. It's gonna be released in November, and this is Preview 2, which is coming out, and they will actually be releasing new previews every month until .NET 6 comes out in November. So if you are in the .NET world and you wanna check out what's happening, and be abreast of what's going to be coming down later in the year, check that out. Next up is the um, uh, February 2021 release of the VS Code on Java extension. And so what's great about this extension is that this is basically Java on VS Code. And what's great about this extension is that if you are interested and if you program in Java, you should use it. 
What's great with the new version is that they've totally redone the entire introductory experience. So there's a brand new kind of launch welcome screen. There's also a way, uh, you know, the, the new icons, but it really helps you onboard a uh, great. So if you use Java and VS Code, check this out. Next, there is an update to the Power Store, uh, PowerShell Gallery rather, called Secret Store. Uh, this is Release Candidate Three. This is actually an extension for um, a PowerShell module um, uh, for uh, a, a vault management. And so this lets you do your secret management locally. So if you're somebody who wants a way to have a really good way to manage your secrets, especially locally, and you use PowerShell, check this module. It's now at release candidate three. Next up, we have some great news happening in the Git space. So the first thing is that Git version 2.31 is here. There are um, some of the biggest features, uh, I guess would say that there's a new kind of maintenance mode that when you run this, it'll allow various background maintenance processes to happen so that you can be committing code and doing stuff um, the same as usual while various maintenance processes are running. In the past, that would need to be run as a separate, as a separate process. You would get kind of like a, an alert that would come up and be like, you can't do this right now because various maintenance attacks are happening. Now, if you enable this, it can actually run in the background. There's also um, some changes with the way that um, uh, indices are processed. So the GitHub blog actually has a link that goes through everything that's new with the new ver newest version of Git. Check that out. And speaking of GitHub, there's a great blog on the GitHub website about scripting with the um, GitHub CLI. Now, the GitHub CLI came out about a year ago, and we actually talked about it on This Week on Channel 9. And I love a good CLI, and this was kind of the spiritual um, successor to Hub, which was um, a project that existed beforehand. And what's great about the GitHub CLI is it basically lets you do anything you would want to do with GitHub, but using your command line. And, and it uses the alias uh, GH. And this blog post that we've got linked in our show notes, what I really like about it is that it goes through the ways that you can even script and automate with the CLI. So it's really, really good stuff. Um, if you've used curl before, I didn't realize this until I read this blog post that they actually base their, their API kind of as a successor of sorts to that, kind of use that as inspiration. So really good stuff. Check that out. And now it is time for my pick of the week. And every week I pick my favorite thing that I kind of want to share with the world. This one, I'm going to be a little bit selfish This because I was involved with it. We have a great new episode of Code Stories up on Channel 9, as well as the Microsoft Developer YouTube channel. And I interviewed Dr. Sarah Kaiser, who is a friend of mine, who I met playing Animal Crossing. She is also a Q-sharp MVP. And I got to know Sarah and how she got into tech and how she went from kind of academia and physics into quantum computing. She's fantastic. The video was really fun, so be sure to check that out. All right, and that does it for me. Back to you, Suze and Laurent. This is so amazing, Christina, and I'm uh, I'm very impressed by people who uh, understand Q sharp and quantum quantum computing and all that. That's totally out of my league. So this is really awesome. And and by the way, if uh, anybody missed anything that Christina said, you will find. Uh, the replay on ak.ms slash hello world as well as all the links that you mentioned so make sure to check the show notes and you can also subscribe to our show thank you so much christina thank you. all right so, so now we have a modern favorite and we are going to talk about jeremiah about the challenge for the week which could be really exciting hey jeremiah how are you doing today hello Ron. how are you i'm very good 
So you're going to talk to us about a product with the word DevOps in the name, and I'm very scared, but tell us a little bit more about this product and the history of it all. So I'll throw you your first curveball of the show. Um, we're actually going to do Azure DevOps next week because I've got an incredible special guest to bring with you, to bring with me, to introduce that one with me. Today, we're going to stay a little bit kind of more to the center of your typical Microsoft experience, and we're going to talk about Microsoft SQL Server. Well, that's okay with me, and I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, DevOps part because I've been using it a lot, but tell us more about your SQL stories then. Sure. So, I mean, Microsoft SQL Server is obviously one of the most widely used relational databases uh, in the world. It's also one of the most popular Azure services that we have. Since it was introduced back in 1989 as actually the 1.0 version was Microsoft SQL Server for OS2, it's been one of those real core products in the Microsoft ecosystem. In Azure right now, we actually have four different versions of Microsoft SQL. We've got SQL Server on Azure VMs, which is pretty straightforward. We bring the compute and you do all of the work. You manage the server and you manage the databases. We have Azure SQL Managed Instances, where that's fully managed by Azure, where we maximize for compatibility. So if you've got um, workloads or if you've got databases that require specific uh, interoperability with other things, we can make sure to take care of that. There's actually a really new, um, really interesting Azure Arc enabled version of this for running on-prem. That's a whole different topic that we'll tackle on another show. Uh, the third one is the Azure SQL database, which is serverless, you consume it, you take care of the databases, we take care of the servers and the upgrades and the updates for you. Uh, and then finally is the Azure SQL Edge version where we've containerized that and we've optimized it for data streaming and for connecting to IoT devices where we'd be pulling uh, data into it. There used to be a fifth version of Azure SQL uh, called Azure SQL Data Warehouse. We recently renamed that to Azure Synapse Analytics because obviously we're terrible at naming things, um, but the SQL Server franchise is pretty well established uh, on Azure and something that we see a lot of customers using in lots of different ways. Well, you know what they say is the two most difficult things in programming are multi-threading and naming stuff, right? Well, we've, I think we've got one of those done very well. Absolutely. So what's, what's your question for the week? Um, so the question for the week is, and we're going to do it kind of TikTok style, is going to be, tell me you're a recovering database administrator without telling me you're a recovering database administrator. Because I think pretty much all of us at this point are are, uh, are recovering database administrators. And when we talk about this, there's a, um, there's a, usually I'll introduce this with a story, right? I'll tell you some crazy story from a previous job or a previous experience. And this one, uh, everybody has so many of these that there really wasn't any way to, uh, any way to fix that so that we could uh, open it up to everyone. So what we're actually gonna do is we're gonna start it with a little bit of humor. Um, we've got a slide here that we'll go ahead and throw up where it's one of my favorite XKCD. And I promise you, every database administrator on the planet has seen this and has laughed over it and has wept over it. Um, but leave it to XKCD to tell something that's funny, um, to tell something that is nerdy enough that there's a fair number of people who are going to be laughing pretty hard and introduce us to uh, SQL injection attacks kind of all at the same time. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Little Bobby Tables is a favorite of little, mine. Out of little Bobby Tables. I've seen it in, in lots of different environments where Bobby Tables gets a shout out in column names or administrator roles. Um, but with that, you, we, we talked a little bit about Azure SQL. We've kind of kicked it off with a little bit of a laugh, and I, I want to throw it over to the viewers. So again, we'll put that uh, question of the day up uh, as the overlay there at the bottom. Tell me, tell me the, the wackiest story that you have about your experience with, uh, with databases. Uh, the tweet should be up from the Learn TV Twitter account now. Get your responses in, and we will read the best of them, as always, when we come back and do the show tomorrow. Absolutely. So the hashtag again, right? Hashtag Hello World Challenge on Twitter. And I can't wait to see the response. That's going to be tomorrow with Amy and Dean. Yep, Thank you so great. much, Jeremiah, for your story. This was no awesome. Problem. Let's bring Suze back again. Hey, Suze, you're back. Suze. We are live. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, what I'm are you sorry. Doing? I was, I was just on TikTok. Oh my God, you're on TikTok. Well, so the next segment is actually perfect for you, right? Oh yes. Coming up, we have Kendra Havens with this week hashtag Code Talk Talk. Thank Hello, you. Kendra. Hi. So welcome to. Great to have. Oh yeah. Now, I wanted to say great to have you on the show today. Um, and what will you be sharing with us? I've got some uh, interesting TikToks, some funny ones. Uh, welcome to Code Talk Talk. This is the weekly roundup of ticks, tricks, and triviality on uh, TikTok. A place to learn, laugh, and lose two hours of your life without realizing it. So today we have a bunch of special talks and a guest that rhymes with got cancelment at the end. So stay tuned for him. Let's roll the first talk. Hello, world. Where did that come from, hello world? Who was the first person to write hello world and why are we all still doing it? Well, his name is Brian Kernigan and he wrote it 49 years ago in 1972. But why did he pick hello world? Why not literally any other phrase? I don't know, let's ask him. My memory, which is now probably you know, <laughs> completely meaningless because it's been so long, is that somewhere in my life, I had seen a cartoon that showed a chick just coming out of an egg and, you know, cracking, little head poking out, and a caption that said, hello, world. And I, for some reason, it stuck with me. And so somewhere I wrote a program that did that, and the rest is history. I have no idea why it's been picked up. I don't know whether it will last forever. There are web pages with hello, worlds in hundreds of languages, if not more. So maybe it's useful in some sense. I love hearing origin stories like that. So this next talk is a pretty spicy take. Let's hear it. Oh boy, how to summarize this. Despite having almost identical names and both being me and my Microsoft, they are completely different. The main thing is that Visual Studio is an IDE, whereas Visual Studio Code, otherwise known as VS Code, is a code editor. Visual Studio is this big, bulky environment of its own. Things it does, it does well. C-sharp, Visual Basic, can help you skip a lot of steps in terms of stuff like building an ASP.NET application, but it's not cross-platform, the words no Linux, uh, not, not, not cheap, unless you're a student or you get the community edition of VS Code, is free and cross-platform and open source. It's a lot more lightweight out of the box, but who boy can you spice it up. The community for extensions in VS Code is insane. There are extensions for everything. You could basically make your own IDE out of it. This is extremely customizable and it works with basically any language you want. Not to mention built-in Git stuff. I'm serious, the best merge conflict resolution I have ever seen. The one for built into Visual Studio is garbage in comparison. So just give VS Code a chance. I guarantee you'll find something that you'll love. 
So all super fair points. I love seeing this knowledge filter through the community. And in VSTIS defense, we did just add a way better Git integration. So like you can initialize repositories, all of your keyboard shortcuts for Git commands are all in there, built-in Git ignore files. It's actually much, much better now. But shout out to Christian for filtering through the knowledge and his band Vitruvia. Very good vibes. So next, let's watch a day in the life as a content developer for VS Code. Hey y'all, we're going to be highlighting different careers in tech and STEM, so today I'll take you along for a day in my life as a content developer for VS Code. I start my day by taking my dog for a walk, and then I come back home to make my coffee and drink it while I check my email and plan my day. As a content developer, it's important to have a good understanding of your product so that you can create awesome content like videos, docs, blogs, and tutorials to help your customers succeed. Since our team develops in the open, our docs are also open source, so anyone can contribute to them or open issues. I start my day by reviewing and merging pull requests that community members have made to our docs. After lunch, I help prepare for the next release. I collaborate with product managers and engineers to write and edit the release notes to make sure the content is rich, engaging, and clear for our customers. I also have daily stand-up with the whole team. Thanks for joining me during my day. Let me know if you have any questions in the comments and what other kinds of STEM careers you're interested in learning about. So the next one, I love hearing about people's routines. Help us, helps encourage us to always go on walks. Um, do we have time for our terminal tricks, TikTok? Let's roll it. Ridiculous terminal tricks. Fortune generates random stuff. How say? Because everything is better when a cow says it. I fortune to cow say. Turn your cow into Mufasa. Use cat to print the contents of a file. But use lowcat to print that file as a sweet, sweet rainbow. Animated rainbow text is good times. Who here likes trains? I see those hands. All aboard for Rainbow Town. Everyone loves an aquarium, that's science. And most important, use C-Matrix to make it look like you are the chosen one. I'm so glad we had time for that. Aquariums, oh my gosh. So we're out of time for Scott Hanselman. Sorry, you'll have to come back next week as a guest. This wraps up our TikTok segment. Back to Susan Laurent. Wow, this was really awesome. And that last one was really spacey. I not too sure what happened, but I love the first one because it goes so well with our show. And also another thing which is awesome is that we'll have actually tomorrow a special guest with Amy and Dean. And this is the author of the documentary titled Hello World. No relationship with us, but he's going to talk to you to us about his documentary. So Suze, what do you think? It, it was really a very well-packed episode, right? That's right. And time flies when, you know, we're really having fun. So um, shall we recap this week's episode and bring everyone back onto the screen? Absolutely. So we spoke about like, yeah, we spoke about the Microsoft program, like the Women in AI program. We also talked about the AI, um, Ignite China. Um, this week, we also had a very informative session with Aaron, the OSS Spotlight um, with K9. Um, we had exciting developments um, on this week on Channel 9 with um, Christina Warren. 
Absolutely. And then I talked to Jeremiah about not DevOps, but about SQL Server. And so the audience challenge, go to hashtag Hello World Challenge on Twitter to give us your stories. And finally, we had Kendra, who did an amazing job with Code Talk Talk. And you can see all the videos that she talked about on ak.ms slash Code Talk. So this was a really great episode. What did you think, everyone? Everyone happy? Awesome. Right? That was really cool. All right. So I want to remind everyone that you can leave your feedback on aka.ms slash hello world. And we'll be monitoring that. We'll be checking it out. We'll be answering you. Everybody on the show can answer. And uh, don't hesitate to also give us a, a shout in the chat during the live stream. Tomorrow, we'll come back with Amy and Dean straight from the UK. That's going to be live as well. Another very, very excited, uh, exciting uh, episode. And next up on Learn TV, that's going to be really interesting. I'm sure everybody is uh, quite uh, interested about that. This is a whole series about IoT and how to get started. So if you like IoT, if you like devices, make sure to stay tuned. We're at the end of the show. Thank you so much, everyone, for making this an amazing show. And we'll see you next time on Hello World. <laughs>